Okay, here we go. Okay. All right, hello everybody. Can you hear me? Shabbat shalom, brother. Shabbat shalom. There we go. How are you? Good. Hey, Stephen. Nice to see you. Hello. All right. Yeah, hey, Dan. How are you? Shabbat shalom. Tina, hi, Michelle. Hello. Andrea, say hi. Shabbat shalom, Stephen. Glad to jump the pond safely. All right. Yes, we did. You know what was so crazy about us crossing the pond is that I was able to cross the pond and take my library room with me in the background. That's what's amazing. It fit right in the suitcase like you wouldn't believe. That's cool. <laughs> it's interesting that you showed up right when the queen died, though. Yeah, that's it's crazy how that kind of came to be. You know, it was, uh, you know, there we were, you know, Stephanie and I were at the airport there in Anchorage, and we were asking ourselves the question, well, do we get on the plane or don't we, right? Because it was an interesting turn of events, and it's been quite interesting since we've gotten here, too, because the events have, in fact, uh proved fortuitous and so we're seeing many things that are happening now in britain there is a real turning of the screw you might recall we did a uh, we did a program a few weeks maybe it was a few months back called the turning of the screw and things are turning and things are turning rapidly and of course you know the wicked think they're going to have an unbridled that they're going to have their way with little difficulty but it's just not the case there are many things happening. So let me say Shabbat Shalom to those of you who are still joining us. We're getting a great crew here. Here, Shabbat Shalom, Doc. Shabbat Shalom, Doc. Good to see Shabbat you. Shalom. Hey, 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 Felix. Hey, Don and Alicia. Shabbat good. Shalom. Yeah, it's been a while. Good to see you. Hey, Dale. Hey, Chris. Shabbat Shalom. How's the hey. world in South Africa treating you, brother? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we in the Kruger Park, so... All good this side. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, excellent. Excellent. You know, we were just having a discussion oh, here since we got. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Hi, James. Shalom, Dr. P. You Hi, sure boy. make a big entrance. Blessing to you. Blessing to you, sister. Blessing to you. Okay. Let's see here. Just a minute. Shabbat shalom. Uh, Shabbat shalom. Hi, Ipa. Hi, Corey. Hi. We're just a week out from being in Ireland there in the fabulous land of the, land of the green there, you know. Ah. Beautifully green. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Um, hi, Kim. Hey. All right, let's see here. We hi, Kim. Hey there, Stuart. Hey, how are you, brother? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I see Shane and Jesse are here too. That's good to see. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Hey. Shabbat yeah, we had, well, you know, as you who are on the other side of the pond, oh, no, we're in the Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Who, who was that? Kim? Oh, the, hi. Yeah, hey, Kim. Good morning. All right, let's see here. All right, we're getting okay. Glad you made it. Oh, hi, Catherine. You made it. So I want to share. Yeah, just, I'm like, still in the hospital. You're in the hospital and you're joining the Sabbath meeting? Yeah, That's pretty good. All right, go recruit a couple of nurses and let's convert some people. 
Well, I got to tell you, we're so we're 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 actually out of, and we went to a we went to a, a Torah meeting uh, this morning, which was really quite good, lovely. And then we went to a baptism this afternoon, and it was also another miracle. And uh, Paul was doing the baptism; he was the one that got wet, not me. <laughs> Which was kind of dumb on my part because it turns out we were at the best swimming hole in all Britain. Did you guys know that? There's a swimming hole here in Bath that is like rated number one in all Britain. We could have done all the baptisms. Know what we were thinking? We were a little slow on the drift, I think. All right, but anyway, so you know, we are we're in some very interesting events here on this Shabbat. We're seeing a, a real turn of the screw, and because of that, I want to thank you guys for your prayers. First of all, premise number one. I want to thank you for your prayers. We had a very successful journey. Uh, although I have to tell you, when we were journeying across, you know, we, we left Seattle, nonstop Seattle to London. And normally that route is take off from Seattle and you go literally due north. And when you get into Canada, you know, you fly north like this up over Greenland. Stop talking. And then back down into, then we then you go back down into uh, Britain. And, okay, great. Well, this time, the pilot was concerned. He said, well, we're going to get too rough weather crossing over the Rocky Mountains. So he took what I would call the flat earth route, which was he went straight across the, he went straight across the U.S. border all the way to Manitoba before we finally came north. And sure enough, when we got into Canada, rough weather, rough is we hit a little bit of rough air. But, you know, it was a great pilot. It was a great flight. And uh, so we got into, we got into uh, Heathrow, which is a huge, huge airport. And uh, we, we got the terminal wall, of course. And, and, uh, but anyway, we got into Heathrow, and then we came right out here to uh, Bath, which is absolutely incredible. It's, it's a beautiful place. Just beautiful, beautiful country here. Shabbat shalom, Dr. P. Uh, Shabbat shalom. Hi, say. Good to see you, brother. Oh, uh, yeah, in the UK. Yeah, are you you're in the UK? Are you? No, 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 no. I'm here in Canada. You're in Canada. Okay. Well, that's your problem. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, let's open with prayer, and then we will continue in our Sabbath discussion. The King of Glory, the King of Kings. We lift our voices to you in praise, Yahweh, that your name would be lifted up above all things. May your name be over us, be upon us, and be in us, that your wings would cover us, and the sound of your voice carry us through whatever storm comes before us, and that we might be your children, and you might be our Elohai. We lift this in the name of Yahusha, the atonement in his, in his death and resurrection and ascension, who ascended to the throne of all time. We give thanks, praise you for all of this, yeah. Amen, amen. Amen. So, so glad to see you guys. So, let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about what Yah is doing. And let's talk a little bit about um, really what is happening. Because we saw this, this series of fortuitous events with the death of the queen. 
And it was very interesting that the queen passed on this particular day and she died at the Balmoral. <clears throat> and of course there was some insignia here in, uh, in Britain with double rainbow over Buckingham Palace and so on and so forth. And what we see now is, you know, Charles has installed, has been ascended, if you will. And I'm not sure that he would describe it, it, it as ascension. You know, when you take on these kind of responsibilities, did you ascend or descend, right? All of a sudden, you're wearing a much heavier yoke than you were wearing before. But nonetheless, he has taken on the name Charles III. Well, Charles III is a very interesting name. And when you, when you follow this ascension thing, it's really quite complex what takes place. He has to be in a certain spot to be able to make this ascension into the house. Namely, he has to be the Prince of Wales to ascend to the throne of England. And when he ascends to the throne of England, he has to take as part of his oath to be a defender of the Protestant faith as practiced in Scotland. Well, this is a very interesting issue, particularly when it, this oath is going to have to be taken. Now, there's also the coronation that will happen in 16 months from now, something like that. So one of the questions was, that we had last night with the death of the queen, was, is the currency that has her face on it still legal currency? I mean, that was one question, right? Because if it isn't, you better get to a digital currency quick. But the next question is, of course, what we see in terms of the faith that needs to be protected. Now, I don't have it up here today, but we could be looking at what's called the Westminster Confession. Now, I've talked about the Westminster Confession before and the difficulty with the Westminster Confession. The West, Westminster Confession has many, many problems in it, inherent in it. And this confession was demanded by the Scottish Rite Presbyterians. And all of this, you know, this machination that took place, we have to, if you don't mind my going back and just historically a little bit of what happened, because it is relevant to where we are at this very moment, this very day. And it's funny how these things that took place four or 500 years ago have direct relevance to where we are now. Okay, so we know that we saw the rise of uh, Henry VIII, King Henry VIII. And when Henry VIII took the throne in Britain, you know, the story is that he was adamant about getting a male heir. Now, what most people don't know is he did have a male heir through one of his wives. And that child was very young, I think nine or 10 years old when he died. And the people that were surrounding the king did not let him and his mother take the throne, but instead they were killed. And so this resulted in something very interesting taking place. The natural heir to the throne was Mary, Queen of Scots, not Elizabeth. And Mary, Queen of Scots was going to uh, solicit and did in fact solicit a marriage to, uh, I think, I believe it was the King of France. Now remember that France was Catholic and Britain had just come out of the Catholic church with the establishment of the Anglican church under Henry VIII and Henry VIII burned the Catholic abbeys. Okay. So this was a very significant move on the part of Henry VIII. And what Henry was doing was attempting to restore the British Isles to the independent state it had before Augustine came to the British Isles in 590 AD. So he was trying to push it back in that direction. He didn't push it far enough because he had all the trappings of Catholicism, but he became the Pope. Instead of the Pope being the king of the church, 
He was the king of the church. All right. Now, as soon as Mary, Queen of Scots, begins to take the throne, she immediately, literally, gets into bed with the Catholics. This became problematic, and she considered France to be more developed than Britain and moved to France. Well, when she moved to France, Elizabeth I said, well, you've kind of abdicated, so I'm going to move in and take, and, and take your power base, which she did. And when Mary finally returned to Britain, Elizabeth had her arrested and placed in an abbey up in Scotland. And ultimately, she would execute Mary, Queen of Scots, who died, by the way, praying. She was beheaded while praying, right? And, the, and the, the one who beheaded her said she continued to pray after she was beheaded, which was very alarming to the guy doing the, uh, the work. But at any rate, Elizabeth had no heir. Now, you're going to look, if you look in genealogy tables, they try to tell you Elizabeth had an heir. She had no heir. She had no children. And so who ended up taking the throne was the son of Mary, Queen of Scots who at that time was the king of Scotland, whose name was Yames. Yames, the sixth in Scotland, would become James the first of England. Yames, right? I-A-M-E-S, Yames. And so he becomes James the first. Well, when he became James the first, you know, the, the, the one who was responsible for sponsoring the King James version of the Bible. This was James the first, Yames the sixth, of Scotland. Now, when he did this, he was pushing forward the Protestant church as established by Henry VIII, reinforced by Elizabeth I, who, by the way, was excommunicated by Rome. She was excommunicated by Rome and was adamant about the separation of the British Isles from Rome. And so following this now, King James was staying right on course with that policy. However, at the death of King James, this is, so you're talking about King James. Remember, the KJV AB was published in 1611. And so we see this motion now of this rise of Scottish Protestantism that was taking place in the meantime. And this rise of Protestantism that was taking place in Scotland was, was occurring behind the publication of the, the Great Bible. This is Miles Coverdale's great Bible that was published in 1539 that was by law placed in every church in the British Isles for an easy read. So anyway, so the churches were required to be open at all times so that anyone at any time could walk in and read Miles Coverdale's great Bible. And this was the fundamental Bible of all of the Isles. Then in 1650, we get the publication of John Calvin's work, the Calvin Bible, the 1560 Geneva. Now, who was a fundamental interpreter working with John Calvin? Miles Coverdale. And so Miles Coverdale works with John Calvin to create the 1560 Geneva, and the 1560 Geneva became the dominant Bible in Scotland. And from this text arose what we call Puritanism. And Puritanism would have as its chief champion, Oliver Cromwell, who was not only a Puritan, but who believed in to, uh, a totalitarian democracy. He believed that the parliament should be the beginning and the end of the discussion in the governance of the affairs of men. 
And so he began to vex, and he was very much a warrior, and he began to vex against King James's son, Charles I, Charles I. And Charles I was looking and saying, no, 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 I am a monarch, and I have the divine right of kings. I have the authority to make the decisions on behalf of the country, not a parliament. And so there was a huge battle, the battle that would take place in Britain between Oliver Cromwell and uh, King Charles I was the battle that would later take place between uh, Vladimir Lenin and uh, Tsar uh, Alexander the, uh, Nicholas the, the II, right? So you see, and again, they were arguing over the same thing. It's the same thing that took place in talking to Franz Joseph in the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, that there should be a parliament governing the affairs of men. And in each case, they yielded and said, yeah, let's have a parliament. And then the kings were assassinated thereafter because the parliament asserted its authority. So Charles I got into a big argument with Cromwell, and Cromwell said it has to be parliament making the decision. And the king said, no, it's me making the decision. And then the king, to enforce his will, sought a, an army from France and an army from Ireland, both Catholic armies. And when he solicited Catholic armies to support his throne, the Protestants had him tried for treason, convicted, and beheaded. So when Charles I died, Oliver Cromwell took over and the parliament. But the parliament turned out to be, like all Democrats, ruthless thieves who voted themselves the wealth of everybody else in the country. And so Cromwell could only stomach it for a certain number of years. And then he terminates parliament. He ended it. So that's it. We're not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to have to run the country by myself. So he literally found himself in the shoes of Charles I with no parliament governing, governing as a sole monarch. But Cromwell, of course, had no heirs. And so as a result, the only heir apparent at the death of Cromwell was who? The son of King Charles I, who was Charles II. Now, these are the two predecessors of the modern King Charles III. Charles II came in and said, you know what? We're not going to do this Catholic Protestant thing at all. Instead, we're just going to lighten the reins here. Everybody's going to have a good time while I'm the king, and let's we'll just call it a day. So that's what they did. And then when Charles II, and remember, these guys were all accompanied by apologists who were writing about their lives. So, for instance, Charles II was buttressed by the writing of Thomas Hobbes. Thomas Hobbes, who was a philosopher who justified, once again, justified the divine right of king or justified the monarchy because he had to establish the intellectual foundation for the throne before Charles could take the throne without an immediate uprising in a civil war. He had to establish the intellectual foundation, the intellectual justification for him taking the throne again in this line of uh, kings. And he does. And when he dies, his son, Yames II, James II, takes the throne in England. And what did James II do? Tried to take Britain back into Catholicism. Just like that. So now here's James II. Oh, we're going Catholic again. And of course, what happened? All the Protestants rose up in rebellion, including the Scottish Rite Presbyterians and the Puritans. And they rose up in rebellion and they said, well, there's going to be a war. Now, the apologist for this thing happening was none other than John Locke. 
So John Locke is the next great philosopher in this line. And John Locke is writing on the justification in his great treatise on liberty, is writing this justification for the overthrow of the King of England, who is James II. Now remember, these kings were claiming the divine right of kings. And so as he's doing this, he's justifying this overthrow, they went and solicited and obtained two Lutherans from the Netherlands, William and Mary of Orange, to come in and take the throne of England. And there was a huge battle fought where in Ireland, it's called the Battle of the Boyne, and William and Mary, William of Orange, defeated James II at the Battle of the Boyne and took the throne of England. And James II and his family were banished to France where they could live with the Catholics. So you see, we've had this vexation now from Henry VIII through to William and Mary of Orange, vexing, vexing over whether or not a Protestant religion would be dominant and maintain its sole authority in the British Isles, or whether Rome would be able to reestablish itself. Now, this battle has never gone away. It's never gone away. And so at any rate, since William and Mary of Orange, there have been German leaders running the British Isles, which Charles is one, right? He's from the Habsburg Goethe line out of Germany. And so it's been a German line of leaders ever since that all the King Georges were all German. And so, and now, now I'm gonna make this point too while we're talking about this history. Remember that James was named Yames, I-A-M-E-S, Yames. And there was no J in the, in the front of these names. And the 1611 KJV, the 1539 Coverdale, the 1560 Geneva, all used the name in the scriptures, Iesus, I-E-S-U-S, Iesus, Iesus. This was the name that was used in the English language, in the Tyndale, in the Coverdale, in the Geneva, in the Calvin, and then and in the 1611 KJV. All right. So given that was the case, all right. So how did we get the J and Jesus? Well, here's how it happened. You had the Germans come in and take the throne. Now, the Germans brought with them a couple of things. One of the things they brought with them was the Christmas tree. They brought the Christmas tree with them. Now, in addition to that, remember that in German, the name is Jesu, Jesu, Jesu meine Freude. And it's spelled in the German, J-E-S-U, but it's pronounced Jesu. Just like you would say, Jawohl in German, you know, it's J-A-H-W-O-H-L, but pronounced Jawohl. Because the J has the pronunciation, Ja, right? So here, so in German, they're saying Jesu. In, in English, they're saying Jesus. And, but because the German influence came in, they began to use the J. Now, as typical in Britain, you know, it's like when Jacques Chirac was the president of France. Here in the British Isles, they called him Jack Chirac. And so we had a similar kind of slang thing happening. And instead of putting the J in and pronouncing it Jesus, they began pronouncing it with the J. They began pronouncing it with the J. And so this is where we get the name Jesus. So what is Jesus? Jesus is an extrapolation on the Greek Iesus. It's a Germanization of the Greek 
of the English translation, of English transliteration of the Greek translation, Iesus. And the name Iesus was not the name of the Mashiach. It was a name that they elected to give him at the Council of Nicaea. They considered other things like Krishna and other things, but they ultimately concluded on Iesus, which in the Greek language, you know, when you, when you meet somebody in Greece right now, you can give them a greeting. Isastikanes. Hi, how are you? Isastikanes. But that very same phrase used to be Isus Tikanes. Hail Zeus, how are you? And so the, the understanding at the time of Constantine was they were comparing the Mashiach to the Greek god Zeus. Because remember that we had this idea of the Titans who were what? Half god, half man. Now, there's a distinction in the scripture because the, the scripture says about the Mashiach that he is fully Yah and fully man. Not half and half, but fully and fully. But the, but the, the natural inclination was to infer the same kind of disposition, the same kind of disposition on Jesus uh, as you had with these Titans, son of God and son of man. So they, they found the name Jesus to be totally fitting as a descriptive, but it was not a translation, nor was it a transliteration. So the transliteration in English would have been Joshua. That would have been the translation because he had the exact same name as Joshua in the English. So if you're going to call the guy who was the warlord for Moses, Joshua, then the name you have to use for the Mashiach is Joshua. Because in the Septuagint, the name for Joshua is Iesus. And the book of Joshua is called Iesus Navi, Joshua, son of Nun. So, okay, if so, if Joshua is called Iesus in the Septuagint, then what should Joshua be called in the New Testament? Will he be called Iesus? Well, if he's called Iesus in the New Testament, then his English transliterated translated name would be Joshua. So then you have to look. Well, let's look and see who this Joshua is. And let's see what his Hebrew name is. Let's see what his Hebrew name is. And then that way, we can have an idea of who this Joshua is, right? And so this would have been a very easy thing to do, but they didn't do that because, of course, well, Iesus is a sacred name. Therefore, we have to use Iesus as the name, right? That's what we have to do. All right. Well, this is, in my opinion, a gigantic error. It's a gigantic error. Now, hold on here a second. I'm, I'm looking here. I want to find. Uh, I want to find, just. I want to find the name in. Uh, uh, I want to find the name here. Okay, just one second here. Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. So let me see if I can pull this up here. Just one second. There it is, right there. Okay. All right. We'll fatten that right to there.
then I come back in here. All right, now let's do this. Let's share a screen for a second and go into eSword for just one second, okay? Now, here in eSword, we can see, you're gonna see here the name. Now, this is from the book of Joshua. And fortunately, this name is going to appear right here, right off the bat in verse one, okay? It's appearing right here, verse one. And it's going to appear something like 189 times in scripture. Now, look at what Strong's does. Strong says, okay, well, here's, now you can see for yourself the spelling here, right? You see it? yod Hey vav shin ayin That's the spelling. But what does Strong's tell us the spelling is? Oh, well, th there's the spelling right there. As you can see, if you look right up there, yod Hey vav shin ayin Here's the spelling that you find right there. yod Hey vav shin vav ayin well, I'm sorry, that doesn't, I'm sorry, that spelling is not there. Where'd you get that spelling? Oh, we injected it. Because we don't think that the name Yahusha is the right name. We're going to inject this extra Vav. We're going to inject the letter. We'll just inject it. We can do it. It's not part of Moshe's Torah, so we can add a letter if we want, if we feel like it. And then what, what do they tell us? Oh, the name is Yehoshua. Oh, yeah. Where'd you get the yet? Well, that's the Yiddishized Yod. That's the Yiddishized Yod. Well, we don't like using the name Yah because that actually gives, gives away his name. So we don't want to use that. We want to use yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is the kind of thing they do, right? Yehoshua. Then they tell you, oh, yeah, that means Jehovah. Jehovah saved or Jehoshua. That is, you know, Joshua. Well, Show me the English translation that calls Joshua, Jehoshua, or Jehoshua. Show me the English translation that does that. None of them do. They all use the name Joshua. Well, that was the Jewish leader. Was he a Jewish leader? No, he wasn't a Jewish leader. He was not a Jewish leader. Okay, so here's what they're trying to tell us. But you see very clearly that it is yod Hey vav shin ayin That's the spelling that is here. And if you were to look this up, you'd find this spelling in 187 places and this spelling in two places referring to somebody else. Referring to somebody else. So when we look at this, now let's just pull this out here. We'll just take a look at it. yod Hey. Vav, Shin, Ayan. Okay? Now, if you just look at this for just the way it is, E-A-U-Sha. Okay? That's with no, that's without adding any vowel points, right? Without adding any vowel points. But they're going to come in and say, well, let's add these vowel points here and we'll make it, yeah, yeah. Well, that's your opinion, Mr. Masorite, who's trying to hide the name. But the truth is, is that this is yeah. Yeah. Who? Excuse me, that's not right. Pardon me. Yeah. Who? Sha. Yeah, sha. Yahusha. I come in the name of the Father, Yahoo, and you do not know me. 
You see? Yahusha. All right. So, given that this is the circumstance, you can see that we got a little bit of a problem when we start talking about Jesus. Now, this becomes even more problematic when let's look at this. Let me go, let me go back to let me go to the whiteboard here for just a minute, and I'll show you this. Now take a look at this in the whiteboard. So here's what we see. So you see in the name, you see this idea of the yod. Hey. Now watch these next three letters carefully. Vav, Sheen, Ayan. Okay. Now, if I'm Roman, well, I don't want you guys getting to know that guy at all. I'm going to give you the non-Jewish name. Or if I am going to use a Jewish name, I'm going to keep it confusing. Well, what do you think we should use? Well, let's just take these three letters here. And let's reverse them. And instead of it being a sheen, we could, we could make it a scene. And then we'll put this here. Right? Oh, well, what's that? What word is that since you inverted this? Well, this is Esau. Oh, Esau. Okay. So how do they say it in, in the Muslim world? Well, they say it, they pronounce it like this. Esau. How do they say it in Irish Gaelic? Oh, Esau. That's how they say it in Irish Gaelic. Esau. Esau. Okay. A shoe. A shoe. Now this could be pronounced. A shoe. Could be. But. Hold on, let me get the waiting room in here. But it could be it could be pronounced that. But the Romans said, well, we're going to pronounce it. A soup. But we'll give it that particular Roman touch and say Iesu. Iesu. And the Greek said, sorry, that's insufficient. It has to have the Greek ending. Sus. Iesus. But in Rome, Iesu. And in Germany, Yesu. Yesu. Spelled Ein Sheen Vav. Now I'm going to ask you guys the question Do you think that, do you think that Gabriel told Miriam, you should name your son? Esau. For he will save his people. 
I don't think it happened. Okay. Now, it was very interesting to me because we went to this Torah study this morning. And at the Torah study, the people who were leading the Torah study were adamant that we could not use the name Yahweh or Yahusha. Those names were prohibited. Those names could not be used. And of course, they followed the ineffable name doctrine, right? To replace the name Yahweh with the phrase Hashem. Now me, I cannot use Hashem because what I know about Hashem, right? That in the Hebrew, the name of the God, the demon God that appears in the book of Toviyahu, which in the Greek is Asmonius, Asmonius, this is the three-headed demon that kills the seven husbands of the woman who's going to marry Tobit or Tobiah, right? He kills all seven of her, of her husbands. And, but but Yahu is like, well, I don't care if everybody else you were betrothed to die seven in a row. I'm going to be the lucky number eight, right? I mean, you know, Tobiah is like, you read the book, he's just like stumbling into it. Yeah, she's going to be my wife. And so, but what does he find? This demon Asmonius. But the demon Asmonius in Hebrew is Hashem Dai. Dai meaning demon. Hashem Dai. The demon Ha-Hashem. So when you're saying, you know, people used to think, well, it just means the name Hashem. It just means the name. Well, it does mean Hashem. That just means the name. But you have to remember that there's no such neutral thing when it comes to the name of Yahweh. There's no neutral thing there. It's not neutral. If you come in and say, well, I'm not going to say Yahweh. I'm going to say Lord. Well, you, put, you have put a name there. You struck through the yod heh and replaced it with Lord. And the true meaning of Lord in Hebrew is Baal. Well, I'm just going to call him Lord. You mean you're going to call him Baali? But he says, point blank in Hosea 2, no longer call me Baali. Call me Ishi. Don't call me Baali. Right? But people say, well, I'm just going to call him Lord. Or I'm going to call him Adonai, which is kind of a watered-down form of Lord. It's used, however, in the Hebrew. Adonai is used in the Hebrew. But that's not what's found when you see the yod heh vav It doesn't say Adonai there. It says his name. So I found it ironic that we had this opening prayer. The opening prayer, which is, and in the prayer, it included the phrase, and we shall know your name. Well, do you know his name or not? And if you know his name, why aren't you declaring the name? Yahusha declared his name. John 17. I have declared your name and will declare it that the love of you might be in them as it is in me and I might be in them. Well, that's kind of a big deal. That's a big deal. And then when you see this idea of the son coming and saying, I come in the name of the father, but you do not know me. You do not know me. Why? Because you have restricted yourself from saying the name. That's why you don't know me. That's why you don't recognize the Yahu part of Yahusha being in the name Yahuwah, right? So this, this, uh, yeah, there we go. 
And so what you see is, is that this, you know, you can see how desperately Strong's went to try to disguise the name Yahushua. Oh, no, that's Yahoshua, Jehoshua, Jehushua. It's anything but Yahushua. And, of course, everybody else goes out of the way to disguise the name of Yahweh. Why? Because they want to have the name for themselves and not for you. That name belongs to us, not you. Belongs to us, not you. You see? And so as a consequence, we see what? That the name continues to rise. The name continues to rise. Now, uh, Catherine was telling me earlier, couple days back that she managed to get a letter to Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, before she died. And it was read to her about the true name Yahweh. It was read to her about the true name Yahweh. So Elizabeth heard the name Yahweh before her death. Now, I may not be able to do a lot of things in this country, but you can see that the first approach, and the first approach came from fellow believers. The first thing that I embraced when I got here was, you will not speak that name. That's the first thing I heard. The first thing I heard before I heard there's going to be a Torah portion study, there's going to be this, there's going to be that. The very first thing I heard was, you shall not state that name. Wrong guy. Wrong guy to tell that to. So the name is coming. The name is coming. And it's going to come out, and it's going to come out to whom? Those who have ears to hear and who have eyes to see. And it's not going to come out to the people who don't have ears to hear and eyes to see. Because why? Because they fear the name. And they have much to fear in the name. Because in the name is all of the power of creation itself. In that name. In that name is the sole authority upon which all human life is predicated in that name. So we cannot forget these things, okay? You cannot forget these things. And so, you know, you know, I mean, the preaching can be short and sweet. Hey, uh, Dr. P, what's your preaching to us today? Uh, one word, Yahweh. End of preaching, end of discussion. Because what? I'm not here to lecture somebody and to tell somebody, gee, you need to convert your life to this, that, or the other thing. We could get into that kind of discussion. Or we can simply say, look, the love of Yah is knocking at the front door. Here I am. Knock, 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 knock. And the love of Yah can be in you with the knowledge of the name. There's passages that talk about it that says, that that in the end times it would be you know that the lost would continue to be lost because they did not know the name. Now we're English speaking people, therefore we hear the name. But I don't care if you're a Hebrew speaker or not, whatever language you may speak, his name is the same in any language, and it is E A U A Iawa 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 Iawa. Okay. All right. So we've already blown the shofar here once with Yah's blessing and mercy. We'll pick up a couple more shofars before the conference on the 25th.
Now, there's a couple of things I want to say, too, coming into the conference. Okay, so first of all, we know that we, there was a time we were worried that the Queen's funeral, which would be recognized in every township in Britain, would be scheduled for, for the 25th date of our meeting in uh, Lutterworth. But no, it's going to be on the 17th. Hallelujah. It's going to be a week early. Hallelujah. And so we should be unimpeded in our conference. Oh, Stephen, it's 19th. It's the 19th now. Oh, it's the 19th. Okay, they bumped it. Okay, yeah, they, they must not have been able to get their act together. But maybe they decided that it was going to be good to have it on Shabbat. Okay, anyway, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it'll be good. That's good. And so when we talk about this, okay, all right, great. So we're going to be able to move ahead with the conference. Now, uh, with the conference, you know, again, we're coming forward with the idea to present the name, to present the name throughout the British Isles. And it's a simple thing, because what is happening right now in Britain is this. People are looking around saying, okay, science told us we have an answer. And what is their answer, Bob? Death and destruction. The government told us we have an answer. What did the government bring us? Death and destruction. And in the meantime, we had people telling us, trust the science. Trust me. I'm telling you the truth. You keep your mouth shut. We have the facts. You don't. You need to shut your mouth. Now, of course, their own information is overwhelming them with data that they can't contradict. Now, all of a sudden, the NHS is talking about how effective ivermectin is. Now, the CDC is talking about how effective ivermectin is. Why couldn't they talk about it before? Because Anthony Fauci blocked it from being talked about because if there was a therapeutic treatment for COVID, they couldn't have got the emergency use authorization for the jab. Well, now they've gotten everybody jabbed that they want to get jabbed, except in Canada, where they're going to jab everybody again. But what do you see? You see now that people throughout the country Oh, those guys, BBC, liars. Government officials, liars. Medical officials, liars. Scientists, liars. Bankers, liars. They're liars. They can't tell the truth. They didn't tell the truth. And they didn't tell the truth so that they could make a profit at our expense. Among other reasons many of which are absolutely nasty and evil. Okay, so now that's the case. Okay, now what? Now what? Well, the now what is this. We as a people have to begin to fellowship with one another and to trust one another, and more importantly, to be trustworthy. It's not enough to trust one another you need to be the change you expect to see. You need to be the change that you expect to see. So let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. And stand by it like it's life or death. Because you have to be a person of honor. You have to be a person of integrity. You have to be a person of your word that you do not 
defame the name of Yahweh upon you because Yah doesn't lie ever. He tells us the truth and he is faithful whether or not we're faithful. He's faithful. So as a consequence, when we become these people who are trustworthy, then we can trust one another and we look to each other to develop lines of commerce that are outside the supermarkets, that are outside the retail establishment that is given to us under government control. All you people line up and use our government currency to buy the government approved products at the government licensed stores for the government approved price. No, you're gonna to need to develop fellowships with one another so that you can contribute to one another so that you and your friends and your loved ones can survive with the help of each other. Remember, one person alone can be strong, but it's not as strong as a two-person court, which is not as strong as a three-person court. But do not get into fellowship and yoke yourself with non-believers. You need to yoke yourself with fellow believers. And this idea of developing fellowship one to another is how you're going to survive the coming storm. Okay? That's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. And believe me, the storm is coming. And we who are the children of Yahweh say, the storm comes. But Yah will provide his people with hidden manna. Yah will provide his people with provision. Yah will provide his people with blessing. And this is going to be a supernatural thing. This is going to be the kind of thing you're going to look at and go, what? How did that happen? Because Yah did it. Not someone else. Yah's provision. Yah did it. And now, what does it say about Abraham? He believed and it was counted unto him as righteousness. So now is the time. Trust, obey, and believe. Okay. That's all I have to say. Chris, oh, by the way, I just got to tell you guys before going to this thing, I'm only going to be able to go about maybe two and a half, three hours because I'm telling you, the jet lag is like, <laughs> and you know, if you see me just nod off and pass out, remember, it's not sudden adult death syndrome. It's just jet lag overtook me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Chris, how are you, brother? All right. Shalom, Doc. I, I'm going to keep it short in that case. Shalom, But Chris. I'd like to, you know, we, I see we've got David as well after me. So good luck with that one, Doc. Yeah. We, <laughs> we've got the talkers going. Yeah. <laughs> I, David, I love you. Eh? You know that. Eh? <laughs> anyway. Okay. You know, Doc, I just wanted why I put my hand up so quickly was because I wanted to talk exactly of the same thing that you're mentioning. In the chapter 31 of Devarim, we've got three times where it talks about a witness. So first we've got it in 19, verse 19 of 31. It says, Now therefore write eth the song for you, and teach eth it to your children of Yasharel, put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Yasharel. That's the first time. Second time in verse 21, 
It shall come to pass that when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness, for it shall not be forgotten out of the mouth of their seed. For I know if the imagination which they go about, even now, before I've brought them into the land which I swore. Very interesting. The witness is the children um, coming out of the, the song coming out of their mouths. So that to me talks of um, like a national folk song, right? So there's truth in some of these things, which I mean, obviously now we have to be discerned, we have to discern, but there's truth in some of these old folk songs which are Yah inspired because they bring forth a thought in the mind of righteousness and goodness and Yah. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me of Psalm 127 where he says, children are heritage from the Lord. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Why? Because children can shoot arrows at you in innocence and tell you the truth of who you are and you are convicted in your heart. You can ask any person who's, who's had a Sunday school or teach or taught children. You, you, you hear truth from children and sometimes it hurts you. It's not children should be seen and not heard. It's listen because what is the result thereof? The, when you are old and gray, you sit in the gates of the city. And what does that mean? You become a judge, right? You, 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 you are a judge in the city because you have took on the, um, the criticism, if you will, of innocence. You, and, and you've processed it and you actually can handle it, right? We can't handle criticism because we go into cognitive dissonance. And then we take it as, as, as things that are said against us personally, and we flare up and we go crazy, right? But if we can learn to take criticism and learn to work through it, not in a completely negative way. I mean, obviously, criticism does hurt, and we do get emotional. However, we've got to learn to work through these things. The third one will then be in... Psalm 28, gather unto me eth all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak the words into their ears and call the heavens and the earth to record against them. Now, there's another witness. But now that goes back to 69 of, of Enoch, where it's talking about the creation. It's talking about the name and it's talking about the sacred name and the secret name, which the angels um, tremble, tremble at. They tremble at the name and the secret name and the name of the oath. So these things are recorded in the heavens. These things are recorded in the stars. These things are recorded because Yah has done that. Now, if we go to the Song of Moshe, which we didn't read today in the Torah portion, but it comes in the next chapter, you always, <laughs> I mean, this is this is beautiful because this is something that, that you've said so repeatedly that everybody will know. In verse 3 of 32, it says, Because I will publish the name of Yahweh and ascribe greatness unto Elohim. 
Moshe says, I will publish the name. You've said it millions of times before. So what does the song entail? The song entails because I will publish the name. And the song then is a witness that Yah has told Yasharel to publish the name. And that to me is beautiful. Yeah, amen. Now, amen. Then, then when we go to Isaiah 64, which is also part of the, the, the half Torah, um, oh, that you would, uh, verse one, oh, that you would rend the heavens and would come down that the mountains might flow down at your presence. Well, mountains melt like wax before Yah, Yahweh. Why? Because he is a consuming fire, right? As when the melting fire burns, the fire causes the waters to boil to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble, tremble at your presence. So oh. there we have oh. another witness in our Torah portion, which talks about the name. And that name is the tree. Oh, man. This is just so beautiful because the power that this holds is going to be so visible when Yahusha returns that everyone will bow down and praise him. Doesn't matter if you didn't even know him. You will have to bow down. There will be no question in your mind that this is uh, the Messiah. This is Yah. This is God. This is, this is Yah coming. Um, and, and yeah, that's all that I have to say. So I'm going to cut it right there. Thank you, Dr. No, that's, and that's a beautiful question. I'll tell you, when you talk about that, every nation on earth will tremble at the name. And this is part of the reason why there is, you know, it's like visceral, right? It's in the bone marrow. No, don't say that. Don't say that. No, uh, no, you can't. We've heard that you say the name publicly. You can't speak it here. You have to keep your mouth shut. No saying the name. It's absolutely verboten. You can't say it. Ineffable name doctrine. And of course, the people who follow the ineffable name doctrine, they don't know the source of that doctrine, right? The source of that doctrine came from who? It came from the Hyrcanians that we now know as Armenians, but they were Hyrcanians back in the day of the tribe of Maka, the last born son of Nakor, from the same seed from which Abraham heralded, but not mm -hmm. the children of Abraham. Mm -hmm. The same seed of Abraham, but not the children of Abraham. And from this house of Nakor, this tribe of Maka, who came from this region called Hyrcania, that we now know as Armenia, this would be the Maccabees, right? And so Judas Maccabeus, the hammer, you know, we talked about this a little bit today. Judas Maccabeus, the hammer, he comes in and he's going to wrest the kingdom away from the Greek thought. He's going to pull the kingdom away from the Greek thought, from, from Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, Alexander the Great. Pull the kingdom away from that and say, well, we're going to restore this Hebrew stuff. Okay, well, let me ask you this, Judas. Are you a child of Yasharel? Read all four of the Maccabees and show me where Judas says that he is a child of Yasharel. It's not in there. He doesn't declare his tribe, and he doesn't tell you he's of any tribe. Instead, his, his son, well, not his son, but the son of 
Simon Maccabee, the brother of Judas Maccabee, the son of, of Simon Maccabee would give you his true name. And his true name was John Hyrcanus. John Hyrcanus from Hyrcania would be, would be responsible for converting all of this Maccabean kingdom that was established by Judas Maccabeus and reigned over by Simon Maccabeus. He would establish it at the point of a sword and he would force Esau to convert to Judaism and, and to be circumcised at the point of a sword. And from this, we get this second form. We originally had the Torah, Moshe. We had the prophets. We had the writings. We had you know, Solomon. We had David. We had Ezra. We had the writings. So we had the Torah. We had the Ketuvim, the Nevi'im. Then here comes John Hyrcanus and the new stuff. And the new stuff is, no, no longer the era of the Torah, but now the era of the Talmud. No longer the opinions of Moshe, David, Solomon, Yisha, Yahu, Yermi, Yahu, etc. Now it's the opinions of Hillel the Elder and Samai and uh, Akiva and Yokai. These guys, their opinions are important, are important. And so they give us a second form of scripture called the Talmud. They give us a second form. And they give us a second form of law called the Mishnah, not the Torah, but the Mishnah, and the Mishnah contradicts the Torah, and the Talmud contradicts the Torah, and the Gemara is the rabbinical opinion. Well, who are these rabbis that have added to, significantly added to the confines and the and the and the and the contours of Scripture? Well, they did the usurpers, usurpers, and then they give us a nine candle uh, Hanukkah instead of the seven mm -hmm. candle instead of having the sevenfold doctrine of His whole creation expressed in the Menorah, whose direction to build was given directly from Yah. Oh, let's do a nine-candle Hanukkah that will celebrate our form of Sukkot that's going to be practiced two months later, right around the, you know, the winter solstice. We'll do Hanukkah, we'll do Hanukkah, Hanukkah, and it's going to be a restatement of what should have been Sukkot. And so all of a sudden we have this restatement, we've got this replacement that becomes Yahushalmi Judaism, that is ultimately going to be usurped by Babylonian Judaism in the fourth century, which would then be articulated in the seventh and eighth century by the Masorites, who would change every single word of scripture by adding the Nikudot. Yeah. Now, you know, the Nikudot. Yeah, men's laws. Yeah, they, they, they added vowels and they added consonants and they added interpretation. Oh, this word means this and not that. Why do you say that? Because we changed this vowel sound, mm -hmm. right? And so the, and then, then we get the shaping of rabbinical Judaism that starts up Shem Tov in the 12th century. And then we get this idea of rabbinical Judaism, where the rabbi is God. The rabbi is God. Okay? So with all that being said, it is only from these Hyrcanians, from these Maccabeans, from these Hasmoneans, that we get what God did they truly worship? Hashem die. What God did they truly worship? Hashem die. And then they tell you, well, you can't use the name Yahweh anymore. You have to use the name Hashem. Well, what does that mean? Oh, well, that just means the name. It just means the name. In the beginning, what's his face created the heavens and the earth? That's how you have to say it, right? And so this was the teaching, and this is what was done, right? Hashem died. And so this is why it's not so easy to say, well, I'm just going to say Lord there. 
instead of saying the name. Well, when you say Lord, you're saying Baali. Yeah. And it does matter to Yah when you start calling him Baali. You know, the passage in the Gospels, they come up to Mashiach. Yeah. Baali, Baali, we've cast yeah. out demons in your name. We've healed in your name and done other wonders. And he says, get away workers of iniquity, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so it becomes, so this is why I'm saying there's no replacement for the name. You either have the name or you don't have the name. There's no substitute that you can slip in there because that substitute is going to be some other God. Yeah, it's no, going it's to be some other God. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I just, you know, Doc, I mean, yes, the name, 100%. But you know what? The love that John 17 talks about in the last verse, which you just mentioned, has to come with a name. The love has to come with a name. There's no ways that we can say, yeah, we got the name, we fine. But we don't have the, the, the love because what did he come to do? Redeem us to Yahweh. Right? So if we don't have redemptive love, then we've got nothing. you got a name, but you know what? You're falling in the same boat. What did we do in your name? What did we do in your name? Well, you know, haven't we done this? Haven't we done that? Yeah, but where's the love? Where's the love, you know? So even in this Torah community that we have, uh, not, not, not here, um, I'm just talking about in the world, right? We've, uh, and, and like you've just mentioned, you know, we've got these people who think they're on a better wicket now that you're in England, we can use that phrase, right? Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but you're not. You, you, you know, if, if it's so that the love that was with us before can be in them and I in them. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree so, with that. Anyway. Doc, thank you so much and blessings to all. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom, Chris. Thank you. Okay, brother. Okay, Sonia, how are you? Shalom, I'm doing fine, thanks. Shalom, good to hear from you. I, I just want to give a, a little testimony. Um, okay, I'm giving my age away as well. About 30 years ago, there was this um, singer when you're all young, Eddie Mercury, or something like that. And he used to sing a song, and it's something like, Rockney Amadeus. And Yah spoke into my heart and told me that was a demon's name. And since you were talking about Hashem, um, I searched it out, and it seems like he was um, part of the practice of that. That ugliness. Yeah. So, Amadeus, right? Yeah, Amadeus. As, Amadeus. As something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, uh, as the the demon that is in Tob Tobiah is Asmodeus, right? Or Asmodeus, Asmodeus, right? Amadeus, Asmodeus. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there is, and of course, this idea of Deus, the Latin Deus, right? And so, I'm not exactly sure what the full Latin meaning of Amadeus would be. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're not, again, 
You know, it's not so easy to just say, well, there's many symbolic names for Yah. There are no symbolic names for Yah. There's no symbolic names for Yah. When, if you're going to refer to, if you're going to refer to a title like Elohim or El or Adonai or something like that, this is a title. And this is a descriptive. But when you talk about his name, there's no substitute for the name. There's a name. And, you know, again, I'm not here to belabor people and say, well, you people that use Yahweh need to have your fingers burned, you know, on a hot stove. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm, what, but what I am saying is, is that to, to invoke the ineffable name doctrine is a huge mistake. And it's not a huge mistake for me because you can tell me, well, you can't say the name. Well, I might be polite to you and say, well, I'm not going to you know, hurt your feelings by saying the name. But more importantly, I'm not going to bless you with saying the name either because you don't want to hear it. You've explicitly mm -hmm. said you don't want to hear it. Therefore, I have to keep my mouth shut because it came out of your mouth. Now, see, this is the thing that Chris was talking about when you talk about the song. They would sing the song and they would memorize the words and be like, gee, I wonder what those, you know, sing this song up six pants, a pocket full of rye, right? You might think to yourself, well, that's a nice little pleasant ditty, but you don't know the meaning of it until you know the meaning of it. And then when you know the meaning of it, oh, those words are bouncing around in my head now as I see that we've lost our temple. We've lost the Ark of the Covenant. We've lost our capital city and we've lost our kingdom. Now the song of Moses is bouncing around in my head that we used to sing. We didn't know what it meant. Right. And, and because what they testified out of their own mouths to their own destruction. You know, we used to, in the legal business, we used to call this an admission against interest. You don't want, don't want to admit that that's what you said, but that's what you said. Right. And so now we have scripture telling us it came out of your mouth. You guys sang it for generations. And now here it is, because even though you sang it, you did not keep the covenant that I gave you when I brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim. Right. Yeah. So that's very good. Well, thank you, Sonia. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Yeah. Um, also, a few years ago, <laughs> I had an open vision. So I was meditating on, on my bed talking to you and the next moment I there was total darkness around me and I just called out on Yahuwah but like shouting it out and I could literally see the heaven like tore open into the into the heaven. So um since that day I realized how powerful it is to call it on his to call on his name. And I got the understanding that we will be calling on his name. In the last days, yeah, so, and that's about all I want to share. Yeah, yeah. that's that's wonderful, Sonia. I mean, you know, not not everybody gets visions, right? Some people get visions, some people don't. And the visions that you see, they are important. You should never discount them, and particularly if you know in your heart what they are. Sometimes Yah does not give us a vision and then say, "Go tell everybody you had it." Sometimes mm. he does, but sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he says, "You know, I'm going to give you a vision." or I'm going to give you a word of prophecy, and I'm telling you, don't tell anybody about it. You can know it, but don't say another word to another soul. I mean, he may say that, right? Seal up these words, Daniel. Seal up these words, you know? And so anyway, so this is this is a wonderful thing, but I think you're right. I mean, and of course, that vision has its own implications, because what is Yah telling you? That in your time of total darkness, call upon his name and the heavens will open unto you, right? That's what I get from the vision anyway. 
Okay. Well, thank you, Sonia. Thank you. Blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Shalom to everyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, David. How are you, brother? Hey, Shalom, Stephen. All uh, right. You, you was refreshing. Flow into you unhindered. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you never can tell. I can try to dig up a bandwidth problem, but I don't think they know where I am <laughs> yet. Right? They don't know where I am, so the bandwidth is fine. <laughs> I, I, I have a, 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 a witness that really uh, confirms what you've been saying in my life and in my and for many many years. As uh, Abba Yah Yahuwah began to show me the pollution in what is called the different versions of the Bible, and where the, even the word Bible comes from. Right. I began to wonder, what am I going to do? I've been packing this thing around and all these other versions around like it was part of a appendage to my body. And when he came up with a scripture that was given to me, the ISR scriptures were given to me. And it says, and it, and it, and it, and it took the Hellenistic stuff out of there. And I went, oh, thank you. Well, then I got to where I wouldn't allow one of them unclean, defiled things in my house called a Bible. Well, that offends a tremendous amount of people, but <laughs> I'm still not going to uh, cross over that. I began to take words out that were replacement words like you've pointed at and remove them from my mouth, like G-O-D as a yeah. surname of a pagan deity, as yeah. a, how about L-O-R-D, as Baal. Uh, and then I got to where I got into the two houses Right. And, there you go. And I came not for this or that. I came for the lost sheep of Yashrael. Well, who are they? It points right at the t northern ten tribes that were lost their identity. Don't know who they are. And he says, I know where they are. They're doing what they were doing when I divorced them. They were worshiping Baal. And I know where they are. They're on the corners of the streets of the cities and the high places worshiping Baal. They call them churches. And so I'm going to go get them. Well, when is that going to happen? Well, I know that it's going to happen when the bond of the covenant with wrath poured out. It's going to have to have his judgment with wrath poured out to convince them that it's not by ale. And they're going to have to quit using. It's going to have to quit using the shims of replacements. I won't put those words in my mouth because it's part of like uh, invoking the name of a pagan deity. Yeah. And then the, the problem I have with replacement names and words, there's a lot of them, but we need to know what they are and not use them in our mouths, in our speech. They're unclean. And I would point out to, to Chris, if you don't mind, don't use the word. There's nothing good about or told about the word luck. It's not Yahuwah's word. Absolutely not Yahuwah's word. What did, what did he say? Boy, ain't it lucky that that ostrich neck held that little head up? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't say anything like that's about his word. So anyway, I don't know what he was pointing at me about that for. I was certainly not want to beat you up about anything. No, no. Chris can handle it. But you know, I mean, you're right about luck. I mean, because the thing is with Yah, and this is where we this is where we really kind of miss things, you know, is that you know, the the closer you move into the world of Yah, you know, the closer you move and you move into the world of Yah through what prayer. The more you pray, the closer you get. 
I mean, that's what happens, right? And so the, the more prayer you're involved in, the more you push yourself into the world of God and you let the Ruach indwell with you, seeking the Ruach as much as you can, seeking Yah's will as much as you can. When you're in that world, you realize that everything in front of you is ordained. It's all ordained. Every little detail, whether you're late for work or you're on time for work, whether you whether you're whether you know how which path you take when you drive down the road, you know your timing, all this stuff, all of this stuff is ordained by Yah. It's ordained. It's ordained. It's ordained. And so there really isn't a lack involved. What there is is there is, and there's not even a good fortune, if you will, or even a destiny, if you will. What we have is we have we have we have a life that follows the pattern of Yah. And then you have the errancy that is that happens from human, you know, flesh decisions. Oh, my flesh is going to decide this. My flesh is going to decide that. And when your flesh makes the decision, I don't know about you, but when my flesh makes the decision, it's almost always in error. It's like, what did you do again? Uh, well, wait a minute. That wasn't the smartest thing to do. No, it wasn't. No, it was a dumb move on your part, right? And I remember the day, I mean, the day I gave it up, the day I gave it up, Dave, was in 1986, I think it was. And I just looked at God and I said, that's it. Okay, my moves are not working. I did all my plans. I had all my plans in place. I executed my plans perfectly. And now here I am moving my furniture right back up the same flight of stairs I moved them down a year ago. What happened to my plans? And I realized my plans didn't mean anything. They were nothing. They were a puff of smoke. And so I just looked at Jan and I said, you know what? I'm done with my plans. You take it. I'm giving it over to you. Here you go. It's all yours. You take it. Oh, you're giving it to me? Yeah, I'm giving it to you. Okay. Then just hold still because I got some stuff for you. <laughs> then we got on the rocket ship and away we went in very unexpected directions. If you think for a second, when I was 30 years old, that I thought I was going to be publishing scripture. You are dead wrong. That was not on the, that was not in anybody's imagination at any point, at any level from anybody ever. No one had ever spoken. No one had ever thought of it. I hadn't thought of it. Nothing. It was not on the horizon. It wasn't a twinkling in my eye. Nothing it was not there. Not a concept. But Yah had decided already, already at that point. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what I'm going to do with you. Here, Steve. There's a fire right there. I want you to take your shoes off and walk through it. Uh, okay, if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And so I did, you know, and sometimes it got hot. Sometimes it got hot in that furnace. Sometimes it got hot. But it wasn't, it wasn't luck. It was just absolutely yeah, doing what he was going to do with purposeful intent. So I'll leave it at that. So what else you got for us, John? Or David? Go ahead. Uh, David, David, I just wanted uh, yeah, is it about the word luck that I used? Is that is that what, sorry, is that what you were saying? I said there's nothing good about that word. No, you're right. You're right. That was a stupid mistake anyway. You know, I don't know what was going through my head. I, I, I normally never say that word, but it came out, you know. So, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Easily left yeah, yeah. to repent. That's your portion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Now, here's something to think about, guys. The Urim and the Tumim. Huh? 
the Urim and the Tumim. There's, I'm just going to throw that out there. People are what? The Urim and the Tumim. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. You know, I mean, I well, can tell you that the, according to scripture, they'd throw that. And if 7 and 11 came up, then you were in good, you were in good standing. But otherwise, you weren't. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Just, <laughs> so, yeah, every, you, you can, everyone when easily led has to be uh, have an ear out for the Ruach and primarily for the Ruach. Yeah, and amen. so if that's not there and their own person is uh, 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 is premier, then it's idolatrous. It's the yeah. works of their hands or the thoughts of their minds or their opinion. That's that, all yeah. idolatrous. Man's mind is idolatrous a hundred percent. Yeah, that's very, very true. And, you know, and the idolatry, I mean, you know, I don't know. Again, this is something that let's take this as a good word from you, Dave, because in this respect, we have to challenge ourselves in our own idolatry. We have to, we have to look to ourselves and say, you know, what are the idols in my life? And guess what? They have to be regularly purged. Yeah, and that's a willing thing. He's not going to make us do it. He's going to make us, and we have to willingly lay those down. Yeah. Offering our body as a living sacrifice is a reasonable offering. That's our reasonable service. That's an interesting thing. That covers, that covers a whole bunch. Yeah, well, what about the renewing of our minds? We yeah, have yeah. to have that to even be able to speak his word. So yeah. there's a whole lot of laying down of self that has to go down. And that don't come easy sometimes. It didn't come easy for me. I was riding a chop Harley Davidson in the 60s in Austin, Texas. That's how, how far away from that is. Long hair, sunglasses, and Austin, Texas during the rock and roll days. And, you know, I mean, I had to go a long ways from there. Now, you weren't riding a Harley Davidson with the American flag painted on the tank, were you? No, but it was close. <laughs> 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 okay, Dave. All right. Okay, brother. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, shalom, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Shalom, brother. Shalom. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dave. Hey, Hello. Tina. Hello there. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing have, all right. Good, and I'm glad you made it over. Okay. Same um, here. I have a couple of things. The first one is. When you're there, are you going to be able to go check out this place they claim Mary is buried? And uh, the, the thing that they're digging up about Arthur, they found another thing. Yeah, I think we are going to be able to do that. Now, Ross Fraudstock is going to be our guide in Wales. And so tomorrow we're planning on uh, a trip. We're going into... Wells, not Wales, Wells, we're going into the town of Wells and uh, uh, and we're going to Glastonbury and we're going to Glastonbury with the intent of going into the Abbey because we've been to Glastonbury before, which is a witchcraft uh, haven and uh, the witchcraft haven. We're not, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, there's so many, there's the witchcraft here is so prevalent. It's just hard to believe. I mean, it's just really hard to believe how hard and heavy the witchcraft here is and how much witchcraft really occupies so much social order here. And Glastonbury is the very heart of it. I mean, you walk through downtown Glastonbury and it's a witchcraft shop. Every other shop is a witchcraft shop. And this is surrounding, uh, you know, this abbey that is supposedly the place where Joseph of Arimathea was and Arthur and so on and so forth. 
A lot of that stuff is pure mythology because there wasn't anything built in Glastonbury until the ninth century. But we're going there and we're gonna, I want to take a look at the tour. There's some things about the tour that I want to, I want to double check. And we're going to, of course, blow the shofar in the abbey. And then we're going to Wells and we're going to take a look. You know, there's still discussion about this rod of Aaron being planted and it growing and it budding and growing into a tree. And apparently they've cut it down. Cheryl, how many times have they cut it down? Three times? They've cut it down. They've cut down this tree three times and this tree keeps growing back. And so uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, it's it, again, these are some mysteries that I don't know about, but we're going to go look at them anyway. We're going to video. We're going to do some videos at Glastonbury and, and uh, some interviews to talk about this stuff. We're going to do some interviews at Wells and then we're going to meet Ross uh, probably Sunday night. And the team is actually meeting in Wales. So I think Jesse's going to be down there. Jesse and Shane are going to be there. And Stuart's going to be there. And, uh, and Stuart and Angela and, and uh, Ross is going to be our guide. Now, Ross is the one who published Kumoglyphics, you know, that we sell on the website. And uh, Ross is a good book. Everybody should get that book. That is a good book. I mean, you know, if you're into, if you've ever had a question about Egyptian hieroglyphics, that book answers it. And so Ross is an outstanding historian and he is a student of Alan Wilson and Baron Blackett. And he knows Alan personally, and he's interviewed Alan many, many times. And so he knows, I mean, come on in Wales, there's gotta be 200 sites we could go to, but we can't go to all 200. We have to go, we're going to have to pick and choose where we can go. Now I want to go see, we're going to, we are going to try to find the grave of uh, Baruch, which is on Berry Island, which is no longer an island there at Cardiff. We're going to find the Bishop of Jerusalem, of course, the grave of Joseph of Arimathea. Then we want to go and check out this, you know, alleged tomb of Mary to, you know, to see what, see when you're talking about a tomb that's 2000 years old, Tina, what do you expect to find? It's not going to be like there's a marble engraved tombstone there that says, you know, Miriam of, of Nazareth. You know, well, the picture, the picture that I got from, you know, who about it, Catherine sent it to me. Um, it just looks like a, a mound of dirt. It looks very impersonal. Right. And that's what you find in all of these things. Well, you know, it's the common practice in Wales to do a burial, a burial mound. And now this is part of the evidence. This is very important evidence too. Oh boy, I'm not going to make it. This my, my battery is going to die on this thing. Oh, I'm sorry. So that's what's going to happen. We can so, talk later. No, that's okay, Tina. Okay, but anyway, yes, we are going to go see them. Okay, and we're going to we're going to be doing videoing in Wales. Okay. Okay. All right, I better move quick because I'm going to lose All battery. Right, thank you. Thanks, Tina. Let's go to Brian and Chris. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. What's going on? Hello. I uh, just wanted to give a word of courage. I believe it is. Uh, first of all, Zephaniah 3.9, he's going to return a pure language to us. And he's going to cut off all the idols. Hallelujah. Because there's a lot of idols in the, names. a lot of names. Of, there's a lot of idols and names in all languages. But uh, this thing about the double rainbow, what came to my Ruach when, when uh, this now, when you were talking about it, was that the changing of the guard is about to happen. And I think the double rainbow is a double promise. As like in the double uh, double portion of Ruach Hakadesh, we're going to receive soon the double portion of the Ruach Hakadesh. Yeah, yeah, so it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a double promise. So it's kind of encouraging to me. Had nothing to do with the queen. But uh, but 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 the changing, the of, the changing guard, of the guard, right? So yeah, one so, rainbow signifies the old, the new. The second rainbow signifies yeah. the new. And I, and I believe it has to do with Esau. If you look at Jacob's, you know, seven, seven, and six, but it, he should have really worked seven. It's twenty-one years since nine eleven. I think it's perfectly on time. 
I think you're about ready to come into Jacob's from sorrows. We're going to come into Jacob's troubles. And he's going to, when he met, met Esau, we're about ready to meet Esau. So you're going to see this confrontation going on. But the promise, Yah said he'd never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. Double promise coming. Yeah, amen. Amen and hallelujah. And I think that's a really good word, Brian. That's a really good word because I think we are coming into Jacob's trouble. And I think like everybody's talking about the 24th, there's going to be a day to remember, right? And personally, I think the 26th, there's going to be a day to remember on Wall Street. Uh, I'm not giving any financial advice here, but if for those of you who want to remember some things, remember that day. Remember, remember the 26th day of September when the floor fell out. Kaboom. But guess what? The promise of Yah is there. And Yah's people will not go hungry. Yah will cover us. He will provide like even a hidden manna. And so let us be blessed in all of that. And you're right, a changing of the guard. A very good word, Brian. Thank you. Okay, John, how are you, brother? Yeah, hey, I'm good. Um, just a quick observation about the name. You know, for centuries and centuries, we have, even in the Bible, the names of every pagan god from the north all the way to the Nile. We know all the demigods of, of mythologies, this god, that god, the spirits of the trees and the rocks, you know. Where's this name? So the time is very, very obvious. Um, yeah. The name, yeah. we know, we know the name. The we, name we, of our creator. We get all the names of the Hindu gods, the Egyptian gods, the Greek <laughs> gods, the Sumerian gods, you know, the Philistine gods, the Phoenician gods, the this, the that, the Canaanite gods, the Moabite gods, the, you know, everything right. goes on and on and on and on and on. But, but Yahweh, yeah, you keep your mouth shut. You can, nope. you can get a PhD in any, any religion you want, but... <laughs> what about the PhD in the name of Yahweh? <laughs> right, right. Well, guess what? We have it. We have it. We got it. Thank We've you been very blessed. much. We've been blessed. Yah has been so Amen. kind to deliver it to us. Amen. All Amen. right. Thanks. Thank you, John. Thank you, brother. Good to hear yeah. from you. Okay. How are you, Doug? Shabbat shalom. I'm, I'm doing well after the uh, horrible pain of uh, actually recording my uh my video and that was the most painful thing I've ever done. <laughs> I nothing, nothing I feel worked. your pain, Doug. I feel your pain. Nothing worked. My headset, the earphones didn't work on my computer. They they work on other computers, but they didn't work on my main computer. It was <laughs> it was awful. But um, I got it done and and posted and there is a lot more and i will be posting another one very shortly but can you put the links the links in the chat here doug would you put the links in the chat okay because we'll get the links up also on the telegram groups too so people can find it okay okay well it's it's all coming to a head but it's um the the promises are all in there Every everything that is promised is in there. So yeah, well that's now you're talking about the promises of Yah's provision. Yes. It's uh, beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah, that's what incredible, but I'll I'll post them so Shabbat Shalom to yeah. Yeah, I'm really sorry, Doug, but my battery is gonna is gonna croak here and I'm gonna be in the middle of this Sabbath meeting and all of a sudden it's gonna go blank. <laughs> gonna go, what happened? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Doug. Thanks. And you put it in the chat, okay, so we can see it. Okay. We'll get it up. 
Okay, now Virginia, write Eileen at Sefford.net and she'll give you the names of the Telegram groups. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eileen at Sefford.net. You'll give them to Virginia Slorette, Eileen, if she writes you. Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. Catherine, what have you got to say? Where are you? I'm now. <laughs> oh, you're home. Okay. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, they've given me a whole lot of pills and, and um, I just would rather pray. Um, but I, I um, think that something interesting happened this week, obviously, in Britain. And I think it's Yah saying that we've got to pray for our nation uh, big time so yeah, his yeah. promises can be fulfilled. And um, I just think Yah has something special planned for the Isles because of the double rainbow by Buckingham Palace, because of the rainbow at Windermere, Yah is telling his people to pray. Well, I think that's part of it. I think there's, I think that, I think what Brian was saying is very true though. I think this is, you know, the roots of the British people are as covenant people with Yah. Yes. And it yes. is time to lose the baggage, lose the wizard robe, lose the dunce cap, lose the magic wand, and get back to the roots. Because if we don't, we will be cast out of this land. Mm. That's the truth of it. So I appreciate that, Catherine. So we will, we'll, we'll pray for your health and we'll pray for that, okay? I got to keep moving because we've got a lot of people lined up. Yes, here. no, that's fine. I understand. Thanks, sister. Shalom. Shalom. Hey, Lynn, what's up? Looks like you came to a new spot, Lynn. What's going on? Speak. You're muted. You're still muted. Can you hear me now? I can, I can hear you now. When I'm in the Kentucky mountains and y'all got me here safely, the other day we climbed the mountain, blew the chauffeur. I just thank y'all. I thank you all, all your brothers for prayers. Amen. Amen. Okay, brother. I just got to get the driver license and get a new checking account. So keep that in prayer. Praise y'all. No, we're cutting you off the prayer list now. You've, you've made it. That's it. No more prayer for you. That's it. We're okay. done. Praise y'all. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll continue. I know. Praying. Okay. Thanks, yeah. brother. Okay. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bass, how are you? Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Hey, there you are. Yeah, hi. I, I need clarification real quick. Why am I signing? Um, I need clarification. <laughs> I don't mind if you sign. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I need clarification. Um, when you, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago about um, uh, the seat seats. How, yeah, how to, how to wear them. Well, they're going to be worn on the four corners of the garments. Okay, and you had mentioned though, but the four corners of the garments may actually be that where they t actually come, they touch. Well, I mean, look, we talk about the four corners of the of the earth. Where are those four corners? Now, you might say, well, that's northeast, south, and west. But mm -hmm. where are the four corners of the United States? Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, one spot. So maybe it's only one seat seat. So, well, and that's what I'm trying to figure out because I'm wanting to incorporate them into my, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm wanting to incorporate them into my, my into life. Yeah. Um, 
and Elizabeth Bass, that is so beautiful. I am so happy that you are in our group. Oh, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. You'll find a way and you'll find, let, you know, just pray. I will show you where they need to go. Okay. And okay. what kind of, of garment you need to wear. You'll be okay. Because, and, yeah. and with the seat seater concern, you know, they're tied blue and white and the blue is tied 10, 5, 6, 5. 10 knots, 5 knots, 6 knots, 5 knots to remind you of the name Yahweh. Yahweh, 10, 5, 6, 5. Okay. And use blue and white. That's the linen of the Torah. It's not white, white, or some other color. It's blue and white. Well, I only, I knew about the blue. I didn't know about the white. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what were the knots again? 10, 5, 6, 5. Okay. Yod, hey, Bob, hey. 10, 5, 6, 5. Okay. 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 Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. That's it. Love you, sister. Okay. See you later. Okay. Hey, Kim, how are you? Hi there. Um, hey. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to do a praise report. Um, I'm in Southern California. And other than the fact that it's been super, super hot for most of the summer and a lot of high triple digits, um, especially within the last two, two weeks, um, we also suffered down here um, in kind of uh, an hour north of San Diego area, a really bad fire called the Fairview Fire and um, was really hard to maintain. It's like it had burned almost 30,000 acres and a lot of uh, rural and urban areas. Um, well, you know, Baja, California just had Hurricane K pass through. And while there was some um, destruction, because it was a hurricane, um, Yah, I am so overwhelmed by him because just at the right time, he sent that hurricane, which skirted the Pacific side up into Southern California. And yesterday we got so much rain and it was so wonderful because he gave us a reprieve from the, the temperatures um, and from the rain. It rained so well that uh, a 5% contained fire that was uh, turning into firestorm um, is, uh, oh. as far as I know, 40 to 50% contained now. Everything's really wet. The temperatures are down. And it just really gave the first responders a uh, just the upper hand on this fire. And I have been praying and I know a lot of people been praying for rain and for this hurricane to come up. And he just used Hurricane K, which um, I was told by a neighbor that really Southern California hasn't been affected by a hurricane up from Baja for over 25 years. So just at the right time. Remarkable miracle, he, remarkable miracle. Oh my gosh. I am just yesterday I was so overwhelmed and I knew it was gonna rain and it was cloud cover. And I just I just knew the goodness of Yah, the goodness of the Father that well can I share a story with you, Kim? You know, I want to share a story with you. You know, one time we were doing mission work in the nation of Georgia, you know, and we got down to this town Batumi and it started to rain. And the next thing I know, four of the women that were on the mission team are outside dancing. And oh. the, people, the people in Batumi are like, what are those women doing? 
they're out there, you know, in the baptism of Ruach, you know, getting this water over their heads, just in joy about the rain coming down, about the rain coming down. And sometimes, you know, we can do that. And now here you see, and you know, with the prayers of the, the prayers of the mighty are, are answered in accordance with the Oswell. Beautiful thing. Beautiful. It, thing. Was, it was wonderful. So I had to, I had to share that because I was in to the point here. And I just get goosebumps talking about this right now. So yeah, it's uh, we're, we're enjoying cloud cover sprinkles, um, um, cooler temperatures, and um, it's just a wonderful thing. So, you know, Yah bless the rain and everything with it. Amen. 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 Thanks, Kim. Thank Shabbat you. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, Randall. How are you? I'm going to unmute myself. Um, doing good, brother. I'm glad to see you made it to the UK and it's all safe and sound. Um, yeah, it's I wonderful. Was back in 87 for three weeks and went did quite a bit of extensive traveling around Bath, uh, Stratford. Uh, we went to Scotland for the weekend, which I would love to go back there. But um, we're in Bath. We're in Bath right now. Cool. It's uh, and did you guys uh, are you guys going to tour the the Roman Bath? No, probably not. I think uh, I think Stephanie might be down there looking at it right now. No, we're we're just going to be uh, uh, we just you know we're kind of hanging out here in the town, and then tomorrow we're going into Glastonbury and into Wells. And then tomorrow night, we're taking off for Wales, not Wells, Wales. And we'll be going into Cardiff from there. So we're not going to have a chance to, you know, do a lot of touristy stuff here. We're actually trying to expel witchcraft is what we're trying to do. So we got kind of our hands full. But, yeah, Scotland will be on the agenda eventually. Yeah, we were uh, we went to um, oh, uh, Edinburgh. And visited Warwick, not Warwick Castle, Edinburgh Castle, and uh, got to partake in a Jacobian feast. And uh, oh yeah, wow! I had yeah. I, did my, I had my first experience with mead. Um, mead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Well, Scotland's famous for that kind of thing. Scottish, Scottish, yeah. uh, sake. Yeah, well, we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to we're going to you know I don't know if we're going to make it out to Ireland or not, but we're going to try to. And there is apparently there's an 11th century version of the New Testament that's available in Edinburgh. There's a 7th century version, you know, the Book of Kells in Dublin, which we're going to stop and see when we pass by the, by the tomb of Jeremiah. But the people that are hosting us, I mean, look, what can I tell you? It's just fantastic. And right now we're in Yah's hands and he is carrying us and he is orchestrating divine appointments and he is establishing, establishing things. And we've already had a lot of confirmation in prayer or over the, last night. There was a lot of questions and both Cheryl and I had confirmation in prayer about, about what's happening, what Yah is doing. And so, uh, so we've got a lot of things going on. And so we intend to be faithful through all of this and do the work that Yah has called us to, and may we be a blessing to the people we meet and not, not a voice of vision, not a voice of cursing, not a voice of condemnation, but a voice of blessing and fellowship. Right. And that doesn't mean we're going to harbor that we're going to that we're going to snake out on the truth. But that's where we want to be. So did you have a question, Randall? Because uh, yeah. I've, I've already I hit will, warning mode here. I will try to keep it brief because I know your battery is waning. Yeah. Um, 
I you guys were talking back when um when uh Chris was was talking and we were you were talking about the name and everything and and how the uh Masoretics and their influence on the language and I just I can't and this is something that's been sitting me for the longest time was you know was the V sound added later on because of German influence and the answer is yes yes I mean, you know, it, you know, and yes, it was. And the, because the thing is, is that the Vav, you know, it's very clear that the, if, if, even if you look in Strong's today, there's very few words where the Vav begins the word as the, right? And so, you, so you see now, but there, the Masorites would handle it as a the sound when it was the word, the prefix Vav, meaning and, because in certain instances, you want to have the sound ooh, like when yeah. it proceeds yeah. a word. At right, as compared to when you wanted to say va va as part of the and, but again, it's that's Masoretic pronunciation. But there's no question that the that the vav was either u or o. And the more I think about it, the more I believe it was u, that it was u all the time. And so then you would, you know, a lot of guys say pura or shalom. You know, you hear this, right? Yeah. And I think that's probably pretty accurate, you know, uh, as to what the pronunciation actually is. And because, you know, again, the Masoretes were changing all kinds of stuff. I mean, fine for them to do it. They wanted to help people to get an understanding. But I'm telling you, they manipulated every word of scripture, every word they manipulated, every word. And that's something to think about because they weren't supposed to touch it at all. And, you know, when you have a, when you add a dagash to a consonant, it becomes two of that consonant. When you, when you put a vowel sound in, when there's no vowel that appearing, you've added a vowel to the word. Like in Elohim, where they put the holem in there and add the O to the word. There's no O in that word. Okay, that's it. I got to go, guys. My battery. Appreciate you. All right. Well, listen, guys. Thank you so much. Let's pray before we go. Thank you, Yah, for giving us this Shabbat fellowship. You have been wonderful in every respect. You have blessed us with a wonderful fellowship, Father. We thank you for that. We ask you to keep us, protect us, cover us, bless us till we can meet again next week. That we might be able to share with one another again. And that the spirit of the living Yah would be within us, would be within us, that your spirit would indwell and empower us to do the work of the kingdom now at a time more important now than ever before. That we would rise up to be the children of Elohim to say, Yahweh Elohai. Yah, you are my El, Yahweh Elohai. And may your name be upon us and may we be a blessing to your name. Hallelujah. Bahashem Yosha. Amen. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, guys. Shabbat Shalom. 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 Shabbat shalom.